This is Brandon Bolden, bulldozing his way through. Touchdown, Raiders. That's an impressive first drive. Hats off to the offensive line. Well, you ask what you want to see with your starters, and the answer is a nine-play drive that goes almost 70 yards, and they punch it in. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q, and that highlight you just heard right there was from Jason Horowitz as the Raiders went right down the field on Saturday, punched it in the very first drive. Brandon Bolden capped off the drive with a touchdown. And that, my friends, was on the road. That was at SoFi Stadium, but you heard the roar of the crowd. Obviously, Raider Nation was in attendance. Who else was in attendance? Well, the young lady we're bringing on right now, Crystal Rich Bell from KTLA TV in L.A. And Crystal, thanks so much for your time. Before we get into the game, Raiders, Rams, any of that, how are you doing? How are you and, and everyone doing there in L.A. with the crazy weather that's been going on? <laughs> Yo, Q, thank you so much for having me. I mean, listen, we survived the California apocalypse, the hurricane. Right. what they're calling it with the tropical storm and the 5.1 magnitude earthquake. We're all shaking in our pants right now. We're like, is Jesus coming back? We, we weren't ready, um, but everyone is doing well. Thankfully, there are no casualties to report. Just a little bit uh, of a literal shaking, but right. everyone so far here is doing well. That's a good thing. That's, that's the most important thing is that everyone is safe and doing really well. And like I said, we definitely appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon. And you heard that highlight. You were there in attendance. You heard the crowd roar. How wild is that to think that Raider Nation is so dominant there in L.A. as well? You've been here in Vegas and back in L.A. covering this team. Yeah, well, it's so interesting just driving into SoFi Stadium and you see so many Raiders fans just walking there. And they're not just the OG fans who are maybe 40-plus years old. They have their children who are 13, 15, even younger, walking in with jerseys for Raiders, like throwback jerseys. You see the current, the current players. So about 70% of that fan base, Raiders Nation. But what else do you expect from from South L.A. It's, it's Raiders Nation down there, deservingly so. So they were so happy to have what they considered a home game for the Raiders as they were in L.A. Very, very cool to see. Yeah, it, it really was. It's always great to hear. And, you know, we talk about home field advantages. They definitely have one there at SoFi Stadium. Again, Crystal Rich Bell is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Necessary Roughness. Now, you were here in, in Henderson at the training camp. We talked there a little bit. You were able to cover uh, the team and see them. For you being able to re- report back on TV about what's going on here with the Raiders, knowing how much of the fan base is there in L.A., how much fun has this been able, been for you? tremendously fun i mean anytime you get a road trip to vegas for free all expenses <laughs> paid i mean how are you going to argue with that the one the one only gripe i had is i came right during the heat wave so that 110 humbled me really really quickly but q i think it was it was really exciting to see you know i was at preseason game number one i saw aiden o'connell he was absolutely terrific i know you're going to talk about him later on but that's a that's a grown man under center right there 24 years old a walk-on he stayed so long at purdue because he was that walk-on and had to prove himself every step of the way and you go back to josh mcdaniels his background being in new england and watching tom brady and and being in charge really of that offense and you it's no wonder why in year two when he's more of, as I said on KTLA, the head chef of the team, being able to pick his ingredients, he would pick a player who had 
that type of a pocket presence who had a big arm arm on him and was able to throw the ball downfield. And that was also underscored in game two when he did the same thing. He comes in, he's calm, cool, collected. He's able to facilitate this offense like he's been here for years. And it's just something that's really refreshing to see. And it's also extremely important when Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback who has, as everyone knows, the injury history, to have someone who is able to develop at a a quick pace. Yeah, no, it really is. And those are some great thoughts on Aiden O'Connell. And I think he surprised a lot of people, including myself, because I didn't know what to expect from him. But so far through two games, he's done a really good job. And like you said, you were at training camp, you were at the practices, and you've seen him in games now twice. What have you seen just from the energy of this Raiders team that may feel like it's a little bit different than years past? Oh, man. I mean, I think I would take that to joint practices because joint practices are 10 times more important than the preseason games for the starters because they're getting those reps. They're getting those reps uh, more so, you know, obviously Josh McDaniels, in my opinion, made a good decision to put Jimmy G, some of those starters in, to get that first drive out of them, which ended up in a touchdown. Much needed. But a lot of teams don't do that. They don't do that in the preseason. I'm glad he did, but... For me, to answer that question, it goes it goes to the joint practices. You guys heard about the fight that Max Crosby got in. <laughs> like, you saw the fights from Aaron Donald on the Rams. The energy is up. It's really high up. These guys want to come out. They want to win. And Jimmy Garoppolo spoke about it as well. He's like, when I put on that silver and black, my dad always told me, like, this is a team that's really blue-collar. They go hard. But it's not until I put on that jersey did I really understand and feel that. And then defensively, when you have a guy like Max Crosby, like, who is just your anchor defensively, and he's coming out at practice. And, and not only is he one of, like, the best practice players that I've seen so far this season and all the training camps that I've been to, he also takes time to mentor younger players. So, like, for example, rookie Tyree Wilson, he's taking time out of his practice to really help him, help his technique. So it's not about just energy. It's really about growth for the entire team. And that also goes cue to the secondary because that's a that's a part of the, the defense that really, really needed a lot of help for the past four seasons really in takeaways. So that's a unit that you also see in these joint practices really going as hard as they can to turn things around for the organization. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. You hit it right there on the head again. Crystal Rich Bell is our guest here from KTLA here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. And, you know, sticking with Jimmy G real quick, he got that one drive, four, four for four, you know, drove the team right down the field and they scored a touchdown. Has it surprised you how cool Jimmy G is as far as, like, the, the, the players on the team just saying, hey, Jimmy's just one of the guys, and he kind of just blended in with his team, like, almost seamlessly? No, because Jimmy G, at the age of 31 years old, he should be able to do that at this age. Mm. He's not a 22-year-old anymore. He's not, you know, anyone's backup quarterback to Tom Brady anymore. He's at a point in his career where he should be able to do that. And while I was at uh, Raiders training camp, I, I talked to a lot of the wideouts and asked them, like, how's the chemistry so far? How's the relationship in the locker room so far? And they all had raving things to say about him. They said, number one, he's a dog. He gets out. He gets it. He, he cares about people. He wants to know how you're doing. So those things are refreshing to hear, but honestly, they're things that he's supposed to be doing at this age. You know, he's no longer 22 and learning how to engage and how to incorporate everyone. You're supposed to be able to come into an organization and really 
you know, make your mark as the QB1. Yeah, no, and he has. To his credit, he's been able to do that. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what to expect from Jimmy, right? I mean, I just I didn't know <laughs> what to expect, but for him just to seem like he's cooler than the other side of the pillow and that he's just one of the guys and, you know, one of the homeboys, to me, I caught that off guard. Like, okay, all right, Jimmy, I see you. He's just, but he just seems like he's laid back. He doesn't take himself too seriously. And he just goes out there and plays and has fun. Yeah, and that's, and that's, that's really what you want to see. That's really what you want to see. And a lot of the receivers, too, it seems like they have the same impression. Jacoby Myers, he was the, the first dude who talked about it and just said, yeah, he seems like just one of the guys who came in. We had a good chemistry early. He was able to, you know, make some connections with us. And then we just get out there and we play. And we have to play like we know each other. And that's, what I think, what he's trying to bring to the team. And it's good to see him be able to really hop into that leadership role at the age that he's at right now. What stood out to you the most on Saturday from, you know, either team, the Raiders or the Rams? I know the Rams didn't play their starters, but I thought the Raiders looked pretty good. You know, there's a couple moments where, you know, they probably would have liked to do some things a little bit better. But all in all, I thought it was a pretty well-played game by them. What what did you think even from the Rams' point of view? Yeah, I I mean, you know what? I'll stick with the Raiders for, for the time being. I think that, obviously, I like Josh McDaniel's decision to start some of his starters. I think that's really good because, as I mentioned, joint practices are really where they get most of the work. So to see Jimmy G come out and go 4-4 and facilitate the opening drive touchdown, that was really good. I also like that he went with Brian Hoyer second. Obviously, he did not have his best game, but he has to have time as well to kind of work out some of those kinks before the regular season. As you mentioned, we hope Jimmy G makes it through the season unscathed. But with his history, it's important that both of their backup quarterbacks are getting that time. So that interception, you don't want to see it. But it's the best thing that could have happened to him because he needs to know what he needs to work on in terms of his progressions. When they call something, if it's not there, how do you react to that? Obviously, Aiden O'Connell next. But again, I want to go back to the defensive back. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad they got Marcus Peters some time out there with Nate Hobbs, if they continue to have him in the regular season cover the slot, that means that there is a opening for a boundary cornerback and someone who not necessarily made a lot of noise, but I was keeping my eyes on number 29, the rookie Jacorian Bennett, who yeah. they drafted out of Maryland. He's a guy that I actually covered at Maryland when I was working for the Big Ten Network, led the team in pass breakups, number three in the Big Ten in pass breakups when he was playing. And he's a really put-your-head-down-and-work type of guy. So I think there's going to be a little bit of competition at that boundary cornerback position, but I think it's something that he may be able, a position he may be able to take over and win. And if he does, I think it's really going to help the secondary because I think that is one of the spots that the Raiders really need to do a complete 180 on. They were 30th or worse in takeaways in the last four years, and I believe it was last year being dead last at 32 so obviously Marcus Peters helped elevate that but he needs some help and I think that you know it's going to come from one of these younger players and I'm really optimistic about Jacorian Bennett tell you what you talking about DBs is perfect for me I always say DBs win games that's that's right up my alley you're you're talking my language now so yeah that's that's (laughs) some good stuff and I'm I'm glad you brought up Jacorian Bennett and I'm glad to know that you covered him you know at the Big Ten Network what I, I asked Jason Simmons, who's a secondary coach, about him, and the first thing he said was 
he was raised correctly. His parents did a great job raising him. And what he meant by that was that means he's very coachable. You could take him to the side and say, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do. And he won't take that as a slight. He'll just take it as this is my coach coaching me up. In your interactions and you following him, did you kind of see where he was very coachable and that's what could help him really excel on the next level? Oh, 100%. So when I was covering Maryland, had a good relationship with their head coach, Michael Lossley, and obviously – you know, he was their top corner there. So we would talk about him all the time. Had some one-on-one interviews with Jacorian as well. And the one thing, I remember Maryland going through a little bit of a stretch of, you know, they're looking for a takeaway. Maybe it was four games, maybe it's junior year where they didn't have any takeaways. And through that coachability, they were able to really turn things around. And they always credit him with having the type of humbleness to be able to listen, take instruction, and then be able to execute. Because as you said, in that secondary, they could win or lose games. Yeah. And like know, knowing your route, knowing what kind of coverage it is and how, how to read an offense, those are things that he's worked on in his college career that I think is going to really pay dividends for him at the pro level. I do too. And as you mentioned, pass breakups, uh, ball ball production, he's able to get interceptions. And, and you talked about it, takeaways and where the Raiders ranked. They only had six interceptions as a team last year. Obviously, Ow. that's not enough, right? But Jacorian has an eye for the ball. He's got the speed. You're not going to run past him. But he also has a nose for the ball. Like He'll go up and find a way to get the ball. How, you know, how, how I don't want to say that that's even teachable. It's like instincts. And I feel like Jacorian just has the instincts to go get that ball. Oh, yeah, you need you need the natural athleticism. But with him, he's also a coachable player, and especially as a young rookie learning an, an entirely new system and how things work at the pro level, you need that from a player. So the, the Raiders know what, knew what they were doing when they drafted him, and I'm sure they had conversations with his DB coach in, in college at Maryland, Michael Oxley, who would have nothing but good things to say about him. Q, you asked what stood out to me. Another thing, obviously, Zamir White. Now, there's a report that Josh Jacobs may report before week one, but I thought it was really good that for two weeks in a row, they're given number 35 a lot of reps at running the ball. He runs like he has something to prove, and his background story is so intriguing. You understand why. This guy was born only given two weeks to live, lived his first three months in the hospital, broke or tore both ACLs before even getting to the pros. He's overcome so much and rescued from a burning building. And it seems like all those experiences in his life he takes out on the field. So is he going to be the RB1 when it comes to the regular season? Probably not. But it's really good to see him get these rips and really take advantage of it going back to preseason game one. Yeah, I think that him and Josh Jacobs would make a great one-two punch. I really do. And it looked like, and I'm sure you saw it up close to personal, it looked like he was really running downhill on Saturday with a, with a sense of urgency and, and really finished his runs. I think he did a lot better than he even did uh, in preseason game number one against the 49ers. Yeah, and it looked like that. And I was really impressed to see what he would do with this big responsibility on his shoulders, knowing that there's a big storyline around your position on this team and how he would respond to that. He put his head down and work and just again that's not easy when when you're a young player a second year player and again you're still kind of learning a system your second year under josh mcdaniels so at that point you're still really learning and again you're not always you're not with the first stringers so you're doing this with an o-line that is that is they're all, everyone's trying to make it, right? They're trying to make it, trying to prove themselves, and to be able to make an impression with that group is very, very important. 
It really is. It really is. Well, Crystal, this is fantastic. Great stuff. I know you've been doing a great job covering uh, the Raiders here in town and obviously back there in L.A. as well. What else are you working on that uh, folks should be able to look out for? Uh, let's see. Well, we have uh, Raiders. If you are in the Los Angeles area, the preseason game number three will be on our air. Nice. Traditionally, I'm more here in the Los Angeles area, so Rams, Chargers is kind of my beat. We're local news, so we cover every single L.A. sport that you can think of. If you are ever in L.A., KTLA 5 is the channel, and uh, can't wait to talk to you during football season. Yeah, we'll definitely have to make a, a routine of this. This has been great stuff. I definitely appreciate you. And trust and believe, we got a lot of folks in L.A. that are listening to us. So uh, they'll, they'll be tuning in to see what you guys got going on. We definitely appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much, You Have a good one. You too. Appreciate you. There she goes. Crystal Rich Bell from KTLA TV there in L.A. Fantastic job. You want to talk about some great breakdowns. That was some great breakdowns right there. That's what we do, right? Definitely appreciate Crystal and her time. Uh, again, has been here uh, in Henderson at the training facility, saw the team up close to personal, as she, she mentioned, talked to many of the different wide receivers. Obviously, he's covered the team in L.A. And, and reporting back to L.A. because L.A. is still Raider Nation, <laughs> right? I don't care if they play in Vegas. I don't care where they play. As you heard in that highlight, Raider Nation was roaring when Brandon Bolden got in the end zone for that touchdown. Many thanks to Crystal and her time this afternoon. Let's go ahead, and we talked about Jimmy G. She brought up Jimmy G and the fact that he was able to get a start, which last year none of the starters got any attention in the preseason. They didn't, they didn't go until week one of the regular season. Josh McDaniels made the call. Jimmy G wanted to play, and he did on Saturday. One drive, four for four, uh, got, got the Raiders down in position, scored a touchdown. Brandon Bolden punched it in. After the game, Vinny Bonsignor and others caught up with Jimmy G, and he just talked about, well, just how it was getting out on the field. Yeah, yeah, it felt good just to uh, knock some of the rust off, uh, getting the game flow with some of the guys. It was, uh, it's little things like that right now that we're trying to work on, and I thought the guys played well tonight. The thought process of, of playing um, kind of felt like maybe on Thursday that's where it was heading. Um, were you cool with it and looking forward to it? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to play. Uh, so glad Josh, you know, let the starters get out there and, Get a couple reps in. Uh, and I thought the line played great. I thought guys were just operating at a fast, fast pace, uh, which is important in this offense. And you know, I thought that was overall pretty good. There was a throw you made where uh, to Jacoby, where somebody was kind of barreling down on you. And I know that's probably happened a hundred times, a million times in your career. But how good is it to get that out of the way, where you're getting hit, making the throw? And it felt good. Uh, yeah, it kind of came in my left leg a little bit. Uh, Coe's made a hell of a catch on it. I met through the thing real early, so he. Um, you know, made me look good on that one. Uh, but I thought a lot of the guys played well tonight, and we just got to keep this thing going. You know, it's just preseason two, so we got to get, get ready for the real thing coming up. When you get injured like that, and then you sit there and watch your team in a championship game, you can't play. Does it just almost make you fall in love with the game even more? Uh, one thing I've learned with injuries, whenever it gets, this game gets taken away from you, uh, it kind of resets your mind on how much you really do appreciate it. So that's something just. Uh, kind of a blessing in disguise. I keep telling myself it makes you fall in love with the game all over again. How much confidence can you take away just from one drive between just the running game and the pass game just being so balanced like it wasn't? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's that's the key to this offense. When we could have balance like that, it really uh, gets things clicking, gets guys, uh, you know, we were running the ball well. Z was running the ball well. Bolden ran it well. Uh, the line, like I said before, the line played great. And I think those small things give us a lot of confidence going forward. We're talking about the line playing well. How has it been trying to grow that chemistry within your offensive line this offseason? It's been fun. Uh, you know, great group of guys, uh, a lot of characters in that room, so it makes it a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, we're nowhere near perfect. We're still trying to, you know, reach for that perfection and 
we still got things to work on, but tonight was a step in the right direction for sure. You talked about you know feeling confident after after that drive. Obviously, how important is it to have that success? I mean, obviously it's about process, communication, that sort of thing. But to have success, how important was that? Uh, I mean, it's important. You don't, you don't want to go out there and lay an egg, uh, you know, it's obviously. But um, no, it was just uh, getting in the rhythm with the guys, feeling them in the huddle, so they could hear me, feel me a little bit. The pregame stuff uh, in the locker room. I mean, it's all those little things that really they add up throughout the year, and it was good to. Just getting that rhythm. Every time Aiden talks, he credits you for teaching him and mentoring him. I'm just curious, you've been in Aiden's place where you were the backup. Did you kind of learn from that experience and that knowing when I'm a veteran and get to this spot, this is how I want to treat those guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of just comes naturally, I think. You, you, I was blessed as a young guy to be around Tom and some great other quarter, other quarterbacks just uh, kind of showing me the ropes. So it's uh, kind of just that trickle down effect. I mean, you put good people together. Hayden's a good dude, Chicago guy, obviously. So, but uh, no, when you put good people together, I think uh, we, we work well together. Is he su surprising at all? How well he's playing this early on in his career in the preseason? Or not surprising? Uh, not re not really. I mean, he's been doing it in practice, uh, so you know, nothing, nothing really too shocking. We just got a uh, the whole QB room. We're we're tight next group. Good group of guys. Any thoughts on uh, Michael Mayer for his first action tonight? Your thoughts of uh, his performance out there tonight? Uh, I got to watch some of the film to see it, but uh, Mike's had a great attitude. Really, uh, he's building as a player. You can see it every day. He's learning more, uh, putting it on the field, putting it on tape, and that's what's really important right now. Is there anything you think you guys could have done better from that first half? I got to watch the film. Uh, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty clean. I mean, there's, there's something I'll find, but right now I feel pretty good about it. Josh is very demanding on film. Not only with you guys, but himself. He'll be critical of himself. I'm just curious, how much do you enjoy those sessions where the teaching, because he's known as a teacher? Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I love about this offense is you're always learning. Uh, even when you think you got it perfect, you never do. It's always another step that you could take, and you know, there's levels to this thing. And Josh obviously has been in this for a long time. He knows it inside and out, and he's just trying to share that knowledge with us right now. There he is, Jimmy Garoppolo. That was in the locker room following the game on Saturday. Many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor as I wasn't there in town, so I wasn't able to get in the locker room and get some access. But uh, Vinny knew the assignment. He understood the assignment and went and got QB1. So uh, many thanks to Vinny for getting that on uh, doing what he's he does, man. So the good stuff right there from Jimmy. You could tell he wanted to play in the game. I think it was important. I think it was a learning experience for head coach Josh McDaniels. That's something that during the pregame show I was talking to Jason Horowitz, and he said that Coach McDaniels told him that they learned a little something from last year when they didn't play any of their, their starters in preseason and then asked them to, to turn it on in September and just go from doing nothing to all of a sudden being in football shape and going. So I know it wasn't a lot. It's not like that they got a ton of reps. They're not going to get any this upcoming week in the final preseason game against Dallas. But just to get them a little bit of familiarity with the process, what a game day is like, right? Going to the locker room, uh, what time you get dressed, what time your pads are on, what time you hit the field for warm-ups. Like, that routine, you've got to start to do and get prepared, you know? And, and they always talk about even home games, you know? And I know that they did that on Sunday when they played the 49ers. What time do they have to leave their house? What time do they have to pull into the stadium? What time is this? What's, like, all that stuff is about timing. These guys are just like everybody else. They're a creature of habit, right? So they want to get into a routine. So it's better to start that routine right now as opposed to trying to start that routine when the regular season starts. So I, I thought that it was a job well done. I think it was important that Jimmy got a little bit of a heat on him, you know, got, got, got hit, you know, a time or two and, and was fine. Uh, had some nice passes, had one to Jacoby Myers where he threw it before Jacoby was ever out of his break, and it ended up being right there where he needed it to be. 
got the ball out of his hand quickly, hit DeAndre Carter a couple times, which I thought, whew, nice, right? I mean, just there was there were some things to like about what I saw from, from Jimmy G, the way he got in and out of the huddle, uh, the way that they were able to run downhill, and then Brandon Bolden, old, the OG, as they call him in the locker room, uh, was able to, uh, to, to punch it in for a touchdown. And, you know, just being able to have that offensive line that was not the starting offensive line, had different guys there in place for different reasons, have them be able to provide enough push to help Brandon Bolden get into the end zone. That was the one thing that was impressive to me. Uh, you heard Crystal when she joined the show talking about Zamir White running downhill. I thought Zamir did a really good job. I thought he did a lot better job than he did in the first game against the 49ers of running hard, running harder, finishing his, his run strong. I'd like to see him, even though he's already had 23 carries in the preseason, I'd like to see him get a couple more next week. I'm not guaranteeing that that's going to happen. But I would have no problem if he got, you know, five, six more carries just to get him lathered up, get him in shape. Because even if the reports are true that Josh Jacobs is going to report sooner rather than later, and I do think it's going to happen, I don't know when, he's not going to be in midseason form, right? No matter how good of shape he's in, and I do believe he's in great shape, he's still not in football shape as far as getting hit. So he might not be able to go in week one 25 snaps, or not snaps, but 25 carries. He might not be able to do that. So they might have a nice little split, like 13 and 10 or, you know, 15 and 10, Jacobs to, to Zamir. And that might be what they have to do for the first maybe even couple weeks. So I do think, and I've said this all offseason, that Zamir White's role is going to be bigger this year anyway. To, so to see him get some action in the preseason, again, 23 carries, 80 yards is not too bad. Not too bad for him, especially the way that I think he's grown from week one against San Francisco to week two against the Rams. Would love to see him get a little week three action. But we'll see what happens on Saturday as the Raiders take on the Cowboys in Arlington. How about we How about we give out some stuff right now? I like winning is fun, isn't it? <laughs> Even in the preseason, winning is always fun. So let's give out some, some stuff. Let's hook some stuff up. How about some tickets? I mentioned it already. LL Cool J, The Force Live, The Roots, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Salt and Pepper, Ice T. That's a hell of a concert right there. For me, that's a hell of a concert. Like, you give me an option to go to that concert, that's on Saturday, September 2nd, I'm there. <clears throat> I'm saying that loud because the wife is around, and so she might hear me say, Saturday, September 2nd, I'm there. I'd love to go see LL Cool J, The Force Live, The Roots, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Salt and Pepper, and Ice-T. And it's not because I'm watching Law & Order SVU, <laughs> right? But I'd like to go to that concert. You're going to go for free right now. If it ain't free, it ain't me. Call number 9, 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200. If you want to buy some tickets, AXS.com. You can get the tickets at AXS.com. Again, just shout it out because that's what I do. But call number 9. I'm trying to hook you up right now here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Rippin looking right, looking right, and he's brought down and sacked. Brought down and sacked on a big play by Adam Plant, the Bishop Gorman High School UNLV football player standout here, trying to make a name for himself here, a nine-yard loss on the play. Big play for the Raiders, explosive play. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. JT on the call right there, Adam Plant. Las Vegas native, Bishop Gorman alum, UNLV alum with the sack right there, and something that head coach Josh McDaniels has talked about quite a bit all offseason long, all training camp long, affect the ball or affect the passer. The Raiders did both on Saturday's game against the Ram. They came up with a pick six, and they got to the quarterback a couple times. 
That's what you have to do. The Raiders have to make a habit of doing that. If this defense is going to turn around, like I do believe it has an opportunity to turn around, it's about affecting the ball and affecting the passer. Get your hands on the ball. Not only PBUs. PBUs are great, right? They're like pressures. You want them, but you'd rather have a sack and you'd rather have a pick or, or a turnover, like a fumble, a, a cause fumble. And I love the fact that they're pursuing the ball. I love the fact that they're all trying to knock the ball out. My one criticism on trying to knock the ball out, and this goes to Amik Robertson, and I hate that I feel like I'm criticizing Amik a lot. I like him a lot. I think that the competition is deep in that cornerback room, so he's got to do probably have a big week this week and also uh, in the preseason game against Dallas to really solidify his spot. But he had an opportunity to wrap a guy up. We've had plenty of people call. I think Lois Kelly Raider called the show last week and said, hey, I want to see these guys wrap up. He had an opportunity during the game on Saturday to wrap a player up. And he went to punch the ball out first. And I think Matt Millen said it on the TV broadcast. You, the first guy wraps, the second, third, fourth guy tries to knock the ball out. Amik tried to go for the knockout on the, uh, being the first guy. And, well, the rounds player ended up picking up another seven or eight yards. That's kind of stuff you have to eliminate. I get the effort. I understand why he did it. I knew what he was going for. But you've got to wrap and then allow everyone to try to punch that ball out. So the ball is great, but also getting the player to the ground. It's something that you have to do. I want to give a big shout-out to my man Aaron. He, uh, he got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see LL Cool J, The Force Live, The Roots, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Salt and Pepper, and Ice-T on Saturday, September 2nd at the MGM Grand Arena. If you want to get tickets right now, tickets at AXS.com. And it's funny, I was so loud about saying that I know a guy that would love to go to that concert because I knew the wife was around. She was going to hear me and be like, okay, I think he might want to go to that show. So during the break, I went to go see if she heard and got the hint. She was outside enjoying the weather. <laughs> so I looked around. I was like, well, I guess she's not around. <laughs> so there's that. But it's all right. It's, it's not till September 2nd, so there's plenty of time for me to pass the message along and give the hint. Drop the little breadcrumbs that I know a guy, this guy, that would like to go. Ari, I think this is even a show that if I said, Ari, let's go to this show, instead of giving me the traditional, I'll try, <laughs> I think you, with your hip-hop background, I think you'd like to see this show as well. I would, Absolutely. Definitely. I'm in. Uh, See, that's the first time I've ever gotten Ari <laughs> in the time that I've known this dude to confirm immediately that he's in. I mean, I, I do still have to check schedule. This isn't even an excuse. I forgot if I have the Aces game this Saturday or next Saturday. I'm working that out. But, you know. Hey, man, look, <laughs> look, there's things that you could do. I know a guy that that will find a way to switch your schedule up my, if, if yeah. need be, you know. I think I, so. I'll talk to your boss. I have receipts now, literally, <laughs> or recording as we, as we speak. So. Right. No doubt. No doubt. I did want to play a little bit of sound here from uh, head coach Josh Daniels and also Brian Baldinger. Let's go to Josh Daniels first. After the game, the Raiders won 34-17 over the Rams. Again, the wins and losses don't really matter. It's the way that you got to the wins and losses. Coach McDaniels met with the media. This was his opening statement. I'll start by, uh, I'd say, giving credit to the Rams organization. Um, you know, this whole week for us was really an important week. Um, I think it's an important rent, a week around the NFL. You know, you learn a lot from your first game and then have an opportunity to improve upon it. And we had the added benefit of working with another team in the second week in a row and uh, doing it in a totally first-class manner. So Sean, Les, you know, Kevin, their entire organization, you know, they were great hosts for us. 
practice. Um, we knew exactly what we wanted to try to get done here, and we got a lot of work done on the practice field, and obviously got a lot of work uh, tonight in the game. So, um, you know, much to continue to improve on, but uh, you know, I thought our team competed every day, you know, with their team uh, as they did, um, and I thought we made some progress. And you know, we'll take a look at the tape tomorrow and see see where we're at. There he goes, Coach McDaniels, immediately meeting with the media following the game on Saturday, just giving his opening statement. And, you know, Crystal Rich Bell told us when she joined the show earlier uh, in the hour that she thought those joint practices with the, the Raiders and, and Niners and the Raiders and Rams was so important to the development of this team. And I'll tell you, I think this is something that we're going to see across the league now where more teams go out of their way to try to have those joint practices. They're just so beneficial. I think you start to learn a lot about this team when you see those joint practices. I think we learned something about them in preseason games, but, man, in those joint practices, you really learn a lot. And that's when this Raiders secondary really started to make an effort at getting after the ball was against the 49ers in those uh, joint practices that they had and were able to come up with, like, six interceptions on that Friday. Thought that that was big, and that's when my eyes really opened up, like, man, is this really happening? Or are the 49ers just terrible, right? And I don't think that the 49ers are terrible at all, right? So I'm just I'm thinking, okay, are my eyes deceiving me? But they weren't. It was just one play after the other, after the other, an interception comes up. A play, you know, a play at the ball is made. And I just I feel like the Raiders are, are trending in a really good direction as far as their opportunity uh, for this upcoming year, especially on the defensive side of things, to play some really good ball. But how about Aiden O'Connell? He's the guy that everyone's talking about. Jimmy, it was great to see him for one one possession, but the conversation still coming out of the game is about Aiden O'Connell. Here's head coach Josh McDaniels about O'Connell's game. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in watching all of our young players because, um, I mean, this is a great opportunity for all those guys in, in joint practices and in, and in preseason games to really go out there and, you know, compete but also improve. You know, a lot of these things that they're doing and or seeing, um, you know, are the first time they're doing it. You know, Trey Tucker, handful of things today. Same thing with Aiden, um, you know, Chris Smith, Bernie. You know, there's a number of guys that are out there doing things and they're seeing things for the first time. So that game experience, the live reps against somebody that, you know, you don't know what they're going to do, you know. You're not sure exactly how that's going to go from snap to snap. But just, you know, it's all positive for us in terms of getting those guys an opportunity to work and, and take repetitions. So they'll either do the right thing or learn from the mistake. So that was head coach Josh McDaniels. More on just everyone that he saw. Not really Aiden O'Connell's game, but it is what it is. He was talking about all the different – players and I didn't actually know that I, I was interested to see what he had to say about O'Connell's game because I was doing the post game show so I didn't get to hear it when it happened but he was really more specifically talking about uh, checking out everybody in that preseason action even in the joint practices so uh, we'll get back to some more head coach Josh McDaniel sound plus I got some sound from Brian Baldinger talking specifically about Aiden O'Connell as a matter of fact we'll do that right after we talk to our good friend Raider Mac. Mac welcome to the show what's on your mind brother? Hey Q uh Thank you, guys. Hey, I was at the game on on uh, Saturday at uh, SoFi, man, and I was just concentrating basically on the O line and the the D line, man. We 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 did real good. We had some spurts here where uh, the Rams ran the ball a little bit on the on the on the, the first team uh, D line a little bit, but other from that, we looked excellent. Uh, we got a couple of things to shore up uh, as far, but we did find. We did find a punt returner and a kickoff returner. Would you say so? Yeah, I, I would. I would say did. that. You, I, I would say the Raiders have two: DeAndre Carter and yeah. Trey Tucker. I agree. I agree, and th- that's that's great. 
And as far as um, as Josh Jacobs, I, I mean, I think he can be ready for the first game. It, it's come. I wouldn't play him every down or anything like that. But you know, just you know, give him some time. But uh, you know what? Um, going to the game and actually seeing seeing the first team on both sides, Jimmy Garoppolo and everybody, I have I, my hopes are, are are better than they was a month ago. I I mean. To see it in person, it was really good. And uh, and Q, I just want to say, man, thank you guys for training camp and all the stuff you guys have been doing. Man, I can't wait till the season starts. Thank you, and uh, you guys have a good rest of the day. Hey, thank you for the call, Mac. We appreciate you. And I know Mac was happy, Ari, because he was the guy that was talking about seeing the starters. He said every team in the league, all the good teams in the league, play their starters, Q. Well, the Raiders listened to Raider Mac and said, you know what? He's right. Let's go ahead and get our starters out there and see a little bit uh, on the grass and see what they could do. And, yeah, I think that, that was important. And I'm glad you brought up the defense and the, the fact that the Rams were able to run on the defense, uh, especially early on in the drive. Remember, they were able to do that, but what did that first drive result in? A punt. What did the second drive result in? A punt. And when they finally scored, this is what really impressed me, and I know this wasn't the first-team defense out there. What really impressed me was that third drive or that opportunity for the, the Rams to score. They got down to, what, first and goal at the 15? They got right there, and the Raiders forced a field goal? Like, I was impressed by that because they easily could have put their tail between their legs and said, all right, well, we're going to concede this one. It's just going to be a touchdown or not try as hard. But they kept giving that effort, and they forced them to kick a field goal. Now they got a touchdown because Brian Hoyer threw a pick six that he should have never thrown. That was a very ill-advised pass. But, you know, I think it kind of showed a lot on that pass on one – him just not seeing the field the way he should. And two, I mean, he's a, what, 15-year vet in the league? His arm is a 15-year vet as well, right? So, I mean, just that pass was an easy, easy pick six, almost as easy, if not easier, than the, the pick to Pau Mau, right? I mean, that, that pick was easy. Stetson Bennett just sailed it right to him. It's almost like he was the wide receiver, and he took it to the house. So, uh, yeah, the defense obviously has some things to work on still. There's no doubt about that. But being able to see them get off the field the first possession – get off the field the second possession, and still only force the, the Rams to have to kick a field goal, I thought that that was really positive. I want to go back to Aiden O'Connell real quick. Uh, as, as Again, that's been the conversation. I threw the question out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Should Aiden O'Connell be the backup quarterback? Has he earned that spot in your opinion? It might not even matter as far as the pecking order, but it's just a, a, a point that I throw it out there anyway. And then also, what is the national assumption about the Raiders that you believe is wrong. Mine was that this Raiders roster is not better than it was last year. I do believe it's gotten better, especially for what head coach Josh McDaniels and also what Patrick Graham wants to do defensively. That's my opinion, but what is yours? 702-365-9200 and also 69187, keyword R&R. Brian Baldinger, last week we heard his breakdown of Aiden O'Connell. He was pretty impressed from the first performance he had against San Francisco. Well, what did Brian Baldinger think of the follow-up performance? Let's watch Aiden O'Connell, AOC. Let's watch Aiden O.C. right here. Aiden right here to Keelan Cole, right in the middle of the field, beats the safety. But this is what's impressive about it. His tight end is going to get beat off the edge, and he's going to have to take one for the team right here. Keep his eyes up, step into the throw, and take that right to the solar plexus. Like, bounce right back, perfect throw. And then this throw on the outside to Trey Tucker. I mean, is this Daryl LaMonica to Fred Blitnikoff? Is this the mad bomber right here just letting it fly in stride to Tucker? Because these two seem to have a real connection. Here's Tucker at the bottom. 
This is a 25-yard comeback. This is old-style Raider football. Watch when he releases this ball here. Ball's out. It's already left his hand. Watch this. Comes back, and the ball's sitting right there. I mean, that's great timing. And this one, bad snap, pick it up, and then deliver the strike right in the middle of the field between three Rams right there. And then if you've got to finish drives, like this one here to Christian Wilkinson, right? Toe, tap, drag, beautiful. And how about this floater to Cam Sims? Like, does it get any better than this floater right here? I mean, three touchdowns, no turnovers, no passes close to being turned over. He looks good. There you go, Brian Baldinger. I always respect what the hell Brian Baldinger has to say. He's a very sharp uh, NFL mind. And two weeks in a row now, he's pointed out Aiden O'Connell and what he's been able to see from him. Again, I'm cautiously optimistic. I do realize it's a preseason game. I do realize he didn't have Aaron Donald screaming down his, his throat, right, trying to uh, take, him, take him down. But he played who was out there, and he played against who was out there, and he did a really good job. And the only pass that he did that was bad <laughs> was the very first pass when he got into the game, and that was just sailing it smooth out of bounds to Trey Tucker. Uh, I think that was just one of those, it's just so wide open, you can't miss it, and then he missed it, right? It's almost like one of those when you're on a, on a breakaway in, in basketball and you got a, a layup and there ain't nobody around you and you missed the layup, right? It happens. It ain't supposed to happen, but it does. Sometimes it's just too easy. Right, you just you just blow it, but that that's what that was. But that was the only bad pass I saw from Aiden O'Connell. I saw him throw that nice outside pass to Trey Tucker, where only Trey Tucker had a chance to get it, and he did. Shout out to Trey Tucker for that catch. Right, that was a strong hands catch. Uh, he put it in a position where Keelan Cole could catch it. It was a little bit behind him, but it made him throttle down, so he didn't get drilled by the defender. That was a p- purpose throw. It's not one of those. Oh, he threw it behind him. No, he did that on purpose to make Keelan Cole throttle down. Nice ball to Trey Tucker, a deep ball. Uh, you know, I thought it was in good position. There was another one to Trey Tucker that Trey put on the ground that I thought was perfect. It was right there in the end zone. I thought he should have had it. He didn't. He put it on the ground. That's something he's got to work on. And then Cam Sims, that nice, that nice little fade route that he caught, high, threw it to the only place where it could be caught, and that was by the wide receiver. And then the Wilkerson pass. I mean, there's, I could go on and on. I thought Aiden O'Connell did a really good job and has shown that the Raiders could have confidence in him if they have to put him out there on the field. But we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword r so Text line, let us know your thoughts. Should Aiden O'Connell be the backup quarterback? Has he earned that spot in your opinion? And what is the national assumption about the Raiders that you believe is wrong? We'll get to those calls and texts as we close out hour number two of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Really good draft dude. I mean, you want to talk about my go-to draft guy, Dane Brugler. He is that dude. I mean, he spends all year long studying these college players that are entering themselves into the draft or potentially putting themselves in the conversation about the draft. And so we're going to talk all things Aiden O'Connell coming up at 4 o'clock with Dane Brugler from The Athletic. But right now we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. We also got the don'tbebroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. It's wide open like some old school TV antennas. Let's go out to the yay area. Let's talk to our guy, a- ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Q. Yes, sir. Um, I, uh, real quick, I think that Aiden O'Connell 
for the most part, has earned it, although I would like to see him go against a first-team defense okay. for me to be convinced. But I'd, I'd say it's like 80-20 or 90-10 if you can do the backup. Okay. And second is the perception of the uh, national media. For the most part, I think it's wishy-washy other than NFL Network, but I trust them more because those are ex-NFL players for the most part. They've been there and done that. And uh, although the only point that I think they have credit for is uh, Jimmy G's help. Okay, I mean, that's just fair. But other than that, um, I, I guess the overall picture is that the national media just don't respect the Raiders. But that's a good thing. I'm hoping that the NFL teams buy that same theory and don't pay no attention. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the call, A.B. Ivan Davis. And I agree. I agree 100%. Matter of fact, on the on the podcast that I did on Sunday with the Locked On Podcast Network when we were doing the Ultimate Division crossover, that's what I said. I said that, you know, the national media, a lot of folks don't believe this roster has gotten better, and I think the Raiders are okay with that. I think that they're fine with flying under the radar, just kind of doing what they do. Last year, the expectations were sky high for them, and this year, not so much. So they're just going about their business, and when they start winning games and people are going to say, what's going on in Vegas? They're going to say, I don't know what you're tripping on. We, we were confident this was going to happen the whole time. Like, what did Coach McDaniel say uh, about, uh, about Jimmy G when the report was out that, you know, he had the foot surgery and he was rehabbing it and he wasn't ready yet? Um, he said that he wasn't sweating it or he wasn't, you know, he wasn't worried about it. I don't remember his exact words, but he said uh, it was something to that extent, right? Um, but that's, that's what it was. He, he wasn't really worried about uh, Jimmy G. And so I think that they're not worried about the outside perception. I think that they're just – going about their business every single day, continue to prepare for this upcoming season, and uh, put their best football out there on the field and let the chips fall where they may. And I think that's the best approach for them to do that. Let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our good friend Ernesto. Ernesto, welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, just real quick, um, you know, as far as the perception, you know, I, I feel like it's kind of like uh, it's deserved because if you look at Vegas – Odds right now, I think it's over-under is five and a half games. And it always seems like Vegas seems to know something that we don't. So I think, I think some, of that, some of that perception is probably warranted based just, just based on depth. I mean, I know that the roster has improved in some areas, like at the cornerback and, you know, maybe the safeties. But linebacker is still a big, big question mark in my mind. Defensive tackle, I know there's, there's a lot of young guys in there. Um, but you still don't got somebody that's a game-changer. And then on the offense, honestly, I know the hype right now machine is going crazy. On um, Jimmy G had a couple good passes. Well, I coached quarterbacks, you know, and um, his footwork looked really bad. There was a lot of throws off the back foot. And, and say for Aiden O'Connell, like, he did okay. But, again, remember, he's on going against the Rams' third string and the Niners' third string. Some of his footwork, if you look closely, did not look so good. But that's all I wanted to say. So thanks for taking my call. Hey, good stuff, man, good stuff. And, hey, that's all good. Right, I mean, that's stuff that that is needs to be worked on, and that's why I think it was important that Jimmy got out there and and got a little bit of action, uh, you know, because again, there's a lot of things I'm sure he needs to work on as he hasn't played football in a very long time, and Aiden O'Connell is just now getting an opportunity on the NFL level, so I mean, he he's going to learn, and there's going to be things he does bad, and there's going to be things that Coach McDaniel's will notice on film that a guy like me won't notice, and you know, you pointed out the footwork, that's obviously something that he has to continue to work on. Uh, so far, so good. And you can't, I can't get mad at who he's going up against because that's who he's going up against, right? I mean, it's just, it, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, but for a guy that gets his first action ever, his first opportunity to be on the grass, I still think that's pretty impressive what he's been able to do. But, you know, what does that mean in the long run? Is he a potential franchise quarterback? I don't know. None of us do. 
None of us will know until that time potentially comes up, if not. But I think right now he's done a good job showing who he could be and what he could be. And as, as I've mentioned multiple times, I think he's definitely put himself in position where if he had to be the number two quarterback, he could be the number two quarterback. And I think everybody would be okay with that. So uh, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. I see Mitch in New Jersey. We'll come back. We'll get to you. And then we'll also talk to our guy, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.